Hello, and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. Hi there, this is Janet. You know me as the co-host of On Boys, but did you also know that I am the founder of Boys Alive? And did you know that I raise daughters, not sons? Still, I've been advocating and championing boys for over 25 years. I was a teacher and I saw clearly that boys and schools were not a good mix and parents were confused. They were struggling with their boy's exuberant energy and they didn't feel like they knew how to talk with him. So in these past 25 years, I've been coaching parents and helping teachers to connect with their boys and reduce the anxiety and overwhelm they were having. And then the pandemic happened. What may have felt like minor challenges before, suddenly there's added layers. You're stuck at home, you're trying to work and manage your own fears and worries, Ooh, and then add distance learning, and you've got challenges you've never faced before. So I created a Parenting Through Corona Chaos Guide for you. It's free after you sign up. I've shared over 20 proven strategies to guide you through this confusing, uncertain time, answering questions like, how do I become an effective at-home teacher to my kids? How do I balance parenting and working from home? How do I manage my children's emotions and set boundaries they'll follow? And how do I manage my own emotions and stay a force of calm for my kids when I'm feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, worried, and even kind of scared? Just go to boysalive.com slash guide and sign in for your free download. That's boysalive.com slash guide, G-U-I-D-E. You do not have to do this alone. Now. On boys. Five-year-old Adrian wanted a Lamborghini. He's not alone in that. A lot of kids want a Lamborghini. I am living with a 17-year-old who would love a Lamborghini, who was recently pointing out every single cool car that we passed on the highway on our way to a camping trip. But Adrian's a little bit different because unlike a lot of kids who hold this as a dream and it, on some level they know it is an unrealistic dream, after his mom said no, she was not going to buy him a Lamborghini, he decided to take matters into his own hands. Adrian found the keys to the family vehicle and he set out for California. He had $3 in his pocket, and his intention was to buy a Lamborghini when he got to California. The only reason we know about this story is because five-year-old Adrian got pulled over on his way to California. He was on the highway, y'all. You can see the video of the um, Utah Highway Patrol pulling him over 
the officer was quite surprised to find such a small person at the helm of the vehicle and was, I think, a little more tickled when he heard the story and what the intention was. Now, on one level, this story is absolutely terrifying, right? It is your worst nightmare to think of your five-year-old behind the wheel of a vehicle on a multi-lane highway. I don't even know how he pulled this off. But there was part of me that was really pretty impressed. Like you, on some level, I really admired his willingness to just go for it. Okay, somebody said no, I'm gonna find a way to do it. Our guest today, Jeremy Nevis, was also impressed. He is a 33-year-old entrepreneur and Lamborghini owner who reached out to the family um, when he heard about this story and took Adrian for a ride in the car. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you for having me. I'm excited tell to be me, here with you. Tell me how you heard about this story and what about it appealed to you? Yeah, so um, I was actually laying in bed and I got a text message from one of my friends and he said, uh, it was with the article and he said, I could see you doing this. This reminds me of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I just chuckled. I, I, all I saw was the headlines and I turned to my wife and I was like, did you see this? She's like, no. And we laughed about it. I said, well, you know, the first time I took my parents' car, I was actually 12. So he's actually got me by half and then some. So <laughs> I was extremely impressed at the same time, like uh, shocked to put myself in the shoes of, of the parents and all the things that could have gone wrong. Immediately, I read this story and I was like, wow, that's, that's impressive. He wasn't just taking it for a joyride. He was going after his dream. And I just happened to have a Lamborghini and was, was like, man, I could bring that dream a little bit closer to him. And, and I'm sure it's been a rough couple of days. So I just I'd never done this before, but I just uh, found the editor on there and I, I sent him, sent an email and said, hey, I own a Lamborghini. Could you put me in touch with the family? I'd love to, love to see if I could take him for a ride. That is so cool. I'm like, I love this story when I saw it. And I love even more that we get to talk to you. Um, you're my first Lamborghini owner that I've actually spoken to in person. And my 17 year old is actually pretty impressed about this. And he would also like a ride, but that's okay. We can save that for another time. We can figure that one out. Yeah. <laughs> I think Utah to Wisconsin, that's not too far, right? No. No. <laughs> not in the Lamborghini, it's not. Road trip. <laughs> Um, tell us about connecting with the family. You know, that's always a strange thing when you're like, hello there, I am a stranger. I am a strange man. I would like to take your small child with me in my car. Yeah. So I actually wasn't able to talk to them prior to. So, so the introduction was even more uh, interesting than that. I, you know, I had sent the email and I got a, I got a call the next morning saying, hey, we haven't been able to approve with the parents, but uh, will you come on the talk radio and let us interview you about what we're, what, what you're wanting to do? And you know, they kind of beat me up a little bit, but somebody heard that, uh, another reporter heard that and got a hold of the family and then they got a hold of me and said, hey, if you want to come up here, they'd, they'd be willing to. I said, great, I'll be there in an hour. I live about an hour, hour and a half south. So I just flew up there and, you know, when I turned off the road, uh, the main road, I just looked ahead and I saw a swarm of like 50 people. So oh. in that amount of time, they were able to get cousins and aunts and uncles. <laughs> brothers and sisters home. And then unbeknownst to me, every news station was there. And so I pulled up, you know, I pulled up, I was, had a stop sign right before their house. And I'm just like staring at a sea of people. And uh, I pulled in and he's jumping up and down. He's smiling. He's, you know, like he just won the lottery. The kid is ecstatic and the family too. They're all smiles. I turn around and, and as I, as I park the car and I get out, he just comes running over to my side of the car. So I jump out of the car and like my first reaction, I 
it's on the news and, and pictures of it. It's just me giving him a hug. I'm like, I'm so glad you're okay. I just didn't <laughs> yeah. know how to, you know, I didn't know any other way to react. It was like, like we knew each other. We were pretty connected pretty quick, but mom and dad were extremely grateful. They were happy. And yeah, he, he immediately, you know, wanted to get in the car and go for a ride. <laughs> oh, he didn't want to drive? He didn't. He actually, well, he, he did. He actually came over to the side and he stood there and I was like, you think you're driving this, huh? And he's like, he kind of shook his head. And I looked at mom and I said, I said, mom, can he drive? And she like hesitated for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, you're considering this? <laughs> uh, there, there was a lot going on. It was, it was really, it was just kind of a joke, but um, actually to show even the age, right? Because people, I mean, it's incredible. He's five years old. How could he even reach the gas pedals, right? Yeah, he barely reaches the gas pedal. It had to be the car he was in. When he sat in my car, we could put the seat all the way forward. He still couldn't see over the steering wheel. He couldn't see over the dash because it's really, really low. So he had no chance to, to actually be able to drive in my car. But their car was like a Honda Pilot or something like that. And the way that the car set up, he was able to move it all the way forward and put his butt on the very edge of the seat. And his foot could barely reach the pedal. In fact, the highway patrol pulled him over going 32 on the highway, which is 65 mile an hour speed limit. Yeah. He could only go 32. That's as far as his foot would push. <laughs> oh my gosh. If he could reach any further, he might have been going a lot faster. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was absolutely why he couldn't go any faster. But to show the age, like to show that he's five years old, you know, uh, his family said, okay, go get in the car, go for a ride. And, and stranger danger kicked in. Uh, he's still a five-year-old I mean he ran off he like ran to the house like crying like oh no and they they went and explained to him like what's going on and and mom actually ended up coming in the car and we, we went for a spin around the neighborhood but um yeah it was it was really really cool way to meet the family and spend time we got back from doing that ride and uh and uh sister wanted to go for a ride and brother wanted to go for a ride. And I ended up doing about 12 rides around the neighborhood with <laughs> uncle and aunt and mom and grandma. And it was really, really cool. It was a fun day for the whole family. Everybody's like, if there's a Lamborghini in the yard and a We're guy willing to give rides, I am not passing this chance up. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. You know, the reason why I reached out to you, um, I was so impressed when I first saw this and I knew my car guys would would love this story and then I saw the the article where you know you had connected with the family and you were quoted in there as saying let's not just focus on the bad let's not miss the gift and the genius of this little boy he was determined willing to do whatever it took to go after his dream you don't want that dreaming to stop that was what really spoke to me because you know we talk about boys here on on boys and so often it seems like people focus on the bad and miss the the good intentions behind it and none of us really want none of us want at all our five-year-olds driving on the highway but that drive is a really good and powerful thing uh, what's the saying where focus goes energy flows and mm -hmm. i i think so often you know and being a parent and and, and it's similar to leadership and, and business and being a manager and everything else. It's so easy to focus on what you don't want in life. Um, I think that's the biggest problem we have in society today. I think if you look at our current situation, you know, with the pandemic and, you know, the polarization of, of direction that we're supposed to go and how we go and where we go, um, everyone's focused on what they don't want. They don't want to open up their store because they don't want to get sued because somebody gets coronavirus there or they don't want to go back out because they're afraid of all these things that might happen if they do. The problem with focusing on what you don't want is you get more of that. That's where your energy flows is, is all, all showing you evidence to support what you don't want. 
on the flip side, what you appreciate appreciates. And so if you, if you appreciate the good and you look for what you do want in life, you're able to find more of that. And so, you know, when I look at this little boy, um, the family, I, I didn't even realize this was totally blind to me, but, um, the family was getting beat up on social media. They were getting hate mail. They were getting messages left and right about what had happened. And then they got even more once I came because it was about rewarding bad behavior. I saw that. Let's talk about that a little bit. So my reaction was that I considered it an accident. Like nobody is going to hand their five-year-old the keys to the car. And having had kids, I have four sons. Janet, you had two daughters. Jeremy, you have a son. I mean, I think we're all aware you blink and they do something. You can Mm -hmm. be in the room Mm -hmm. and they do something. So I didn't Mm -hmm. jump to their neglectful parents. A lot of people did. A lot of people did. Absolutely. And then there were people that were like, and now you're just rewarding it by letting him ride in a Lamborghini. Yeah, it was, it was crazy to me because I didn't even see that. Now I understood it when people, when people started saying, I was like, okay, I can see the perspective of like, you don't want to reward bad behavior. But what people don't realize, like parents are going to discipline the child. They're going to teach the child the lesson and they can still focus on what he did well. And they can make sure that they, you know, they, they respect the things that he did well. And, and back to that question on focusing on what you want, right? Noticing the genius. Most people in society today don't know what they want. They just know what they don't want. And the problem with that is if you, even if you accomplish what you don't want, you still don't see what you want. And, mm-hmm. and this boy, he, he was able to see it and he went after it and we didn't want that to go away. Mm-hmm. And so as we focused on what we want and we took him for a ride and, and the family was grateful. It was some light in a, in, in a in kind of a dark couple days, even though everything worked out okay. It was like there was a lot of fear of what could have happened and potential things that could have gone wrong. But um, it brought light to the family. The boy was lifted up. His dream came a little bit closer. We had a great chat about um, continuing to focus on those things and to continue to go after his dreams. And that, you know, even, even the older people that were there going for rides, like, I can't imagine, I can't believe there's a Lamborghini in my yard. And I was like, well, believe it, it's here. And it doesn't mean you can't have this. You just need to know that this is what you want and you got to go after it, just like Adrian. So it was a great teaching, great learning experience for everyone involved. I want to wrap this around to parents who are parenting right now. And I'll often have parents who are struggling with their strong-willed child who's five. And the reminder, and you're reminding us, is that these are qualities we actually want to foster in our children and dang it is hard to parent a strong-willed five-year-old but you want that child to be strong-willed when he's 16 or 18 or 25. it's important to hold that perspective and not squash that and it's and it's tough to parent a strong-willed five-year-old but i also want to ask you i mean you you're 33 you did not start out thinking that you know where energy flows and and always looking at the positive and i'm i'm fascinated that your friend sent this article saying oh my gosh this is something you would do so take us back a few years jeremy (laughs) what kind of five-year-old were you and and how were you supported in being i think a, a strong-willed child. I'm just guessing that you have been. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to five, there's, there's, if I were to go back to five years old, uh, I would say that 
I was, the nickname that I had at that age was Jibbers. So my name is Jeremy and they called me Jibbers because I just could not stop. I couldn't shut my mouth. I just kept talking and talking and talking. So I get in trouble, you know, I get in trouble for just talking too much. You know, I had a lot to say and, and, and I think that's one of those, those areas where maybe um, that was overlooked is like, Hey, this is a good thing, right? Let's, let's let, and, and as kids, you know, from the very beginning, they're very loud, they yell, they scream, and they get what they need, you know, when they're hungry and when they're tired and they need a diaper change. And that's how it starts. But over time, you know, they start to be, they start to get quieter and quieter because they have to conform. And, and for me, um, you know, as a, around five years old, I'd say that that was the thing that, that you would have noticed about me is that I was talking all the time. Growing up and, and getting into, you know, the teen years and things like that, um, there was a number of experiences. Um, where um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of which stories we can go into on this, <laughs> on this show here, but um, you know, you, you hear about me taking the car at 12 years old. There was, there was a lot of misdirected, but just a lot of energy, a lot of energy, just like the talking and everything else, but it was just a lot of energy. And I, I was chasing excitement is, is one end of the spectrum. The other end is I had, I had three sisters and I didn't get a brother until, you know, we were 12 years apart. And so, um, it was me and, and these sisters. And so there was a lot of events where I was found protecting and defending my sisters. They were loud, uh, loud experiences where, you know, something would happen and I would, I would respond and I'd go right into protecting and defending. And that could have been overlooked as like, man, what, like, why are you acting this way? And it's like, for this positive purpose, but it's coming out in a way that's not necessarily the best way to sure, go sure. Mm -hmm. You know, it does seem like so much of what we try and do should be trying to do as parents is you have to recognize those sparks and those good intentions and try not to squelch those at the same time kind of saying okay but maybe how else could you have handled this and try yes. and develop some of those other skills and it's not a neat and easy thing at all i mean janet no. you see that when you work with families like if you had a magic wand or a magic tool to say do this and you will automatically get the behavior you want you do that but that's not how it goes it's not an easy thing and i'm seeing that as a parent now right and and as a parent now you now, have I'm a like... son your son um is really about the same age as adrian mm -hmm. right yeah he's almost five and and tons of energy and very very strong willed and, and and i'll tell you you know um, does he talk a lot? He <laughs> loves to talk ah. and I love it. And, and we'll be driving in the car and he'll be just going and my wife will be like, Oh my gosh, can you be quiet? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, let it go. And I'll be just as she, she talks about both of us just being really, really annoying. And, uh, I'll just, I'll drop, I'll drop to five-year-old level and I'll do it with him. And, and, uh, and we have a good time with it, but yes, he does. He talks a lot. Before we hear about the powerful lesson that Jeremy has learned from his five-year-old, and I'll tell you, it is an amazing story, I want to remind you that you can get your 20-plus strategies. You can opt in at boysalive.com guide. Again, that's boysalive.com guide. All right, here we go. You are going to love this story that Jeremy shares about he and his son and the very profound and tender journey that they've been on. We have a good time with it, but yes, he does. He talks a lot. And here's what's, here's what's really powerful in the lesson that my son has taught me. And it's, it's been really cool to see this come full circle. Um, you know, we had an experience and it's been about two years now. We've been working with this. Um, 
my son loves and adores his mom. She's beautiful, blonde hair, and he watches her and he's very, very close with her. And um, we'd start, you know, uh, we'd go to the store and every time we'd go to the store, he'd, he'd point out the Barbie dolls because they reminded him of his mom, especially the blonde ones. And he'd call it mama doll. And we thought it was so cute, he'd call it mama doll. And he always wanted one. Well, I come home one day and my wife had bought him a, a blonde Barbie doll. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that, but that's cute, that's funny, whatever, right? Well, it's, I started to realize these insecurities that were coming up inside of me, right? And um, it wasn't long, it wasn't six months later that he's got dozens of dolls, he's got dresses. He loves Elsa, by the way. Frozen mm -hmm. took his heart, he loves Elsa, he loves the music, and he's got dresses, he's got dolls, he's, and he's, he's all in on it. And um, so this goes on for about six, seven months, and then he starts playing at friends' houses, and when he's at friends' houses, we come to pick him up, he's, I pick him up and he's dressed head to toe, in you know a wig and a dress and he's got dolls in his hands makeup on his face and he's like throws tantrums to leave and to take anything off just won't do it and so let me get on that one day i come home and i just go this has to stop this has to stop we got it we've got to end this and while he was let's asleep, wait let's dig into that for just yeah. a moment because yeah. that is a really common reaction especially <laughs> for a lot of dads what was your thinking at that point like what was your what was behind the this has to stop yeah. So I'll, I'll be, I'll be completely honest on this. Like there was all of these insecurities and these fears. Um, one, what do, what do other parents think about me? What are they thinking about me? What do they think about my kid? What's going to happen when kids start making fun of him? Because this isn't, not everybody's into this, right? Um, I started to find out that more and more kids, you know, boys do like to play with dolls. Um, but Elsa's cool. I mean, and, and Elsa's powerful, and he his main thing is she's cur her courage. She's brave. He loves all the princesses now. But um, yeah, so I was worried about what would happen there, and 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 at this deeper level, it was like, is he gay? Mm -hmm. And there were some insecurities that came up for that. And I was like, man, I just you know this is a fear. What if he is? And how hard would that path be? And what would that mean to me? And how would I deal with that? It was my own insecurities, and and they were they were fears, and they were real, and. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what came up in this moment. And, and so he goes to bed that night and um, this particular night, and I just tell my wife, I, you know, I've had enough. And, and I blame it on all these other reasons with, with, you know, how he's acting in his temper and take every single thing. And I, I wrap it all up and I throw it away. And I'm like, he'll forget about it in a couple of days. Well, a couple of weeks later, um, I'm sitting down with, with a mentor of mine and, and I'm telling him how, you know, for the last couple of weeks, my son has been really, really aggressive towards me. <laughs> He's hitting me a lot. He's saying no and go away, dad. And, and, and he's resisting me. And I said, I think it's because of this, this thing that I did I'm taking these dolls away. And, um, he was just spot on. And he, he started, he asked me, he went through what we just went through and he said, what are you afraid of? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, what are you afraid of? Mm -hmm. And I went through and it just went deeper and deeper and deeper. And he goes, what are you really afraid of? And at the end of it all, he stopped and he said, okay, what if all that's true? What if every one of those things is true? And I was like, mm, that would be really, really hard. And he goes, yeah. He goes, would you love him any less? And I said, absolutely not. And he said, yeah. So don't you want him to know that you love him? And I said, yeah. Is that what's most important to you? Yeah. And he got me to focus on what I wanted absolutely most. Yeah. I flew home the next day. I got in the car, drove home from the airport. I picked up my son. I drove him straight to the store. 
and I bought him the most beautiful dress we could find. I think we're all tearing up here. Um, that is a beautiful expression of love and vulnerability, right? Like the hardest thing in the world for any of us is to uh, really look deep into ourselves and sort of admit things that when we examine them, like, ooh, that's unpleasant. I didn't know I thought that. I didn't know that was stuck there. Um, I have behaved in a way to my child that I didn't think I would ever behave. That's really tough and deep stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What was his reaction? You pick him up, you go to the store. <laughs> Where are we going, dad? And I wouldn't tell him we got to the store. And when I told him, he looked at me like, are you serious? He's like, dad, really? He got it. And I, I got the one with like, had all the, the sparkles and stuff that's going to come off in the house. And my wife was like, come on, you got to know better. And I was like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> this I'm not worried all about in on this one <laughs> all in right now. And I'll tell you that kid hugged and kissed me more that day than he had done his entire life. And uh, our relationship went to a whole nother level. It completely wow. changed. That's what it was. And, and kids, they, they sense energy. I mean, they, they, they understand and they read energy. You can think that you're smart and you can talk and you can say, and you can explain that doesn't matter to kids. They don't understand that stuff. They understand your energy. And that's what I was getting in, in return was this resistance. Like dad, you don't accept me. Mm -hmm. You don't love me. You hate me or I'm wrong and I'm bad. And, and the last thing I want is for my son to think he's wrong or he's bad or that I don't love him. Yeah. So, yeah. That approval or disapproval, they feel yeah. it. Deep you know, it's 100%. really interesting too, because we all have our own stuff that we grew up with. We internalize. And so it is so much easier for us to see and recognize the sparks in our children that align with our hopes and dreams, mm -hmm. you know? So if, um, if you value uh, sports and you know your kid's interested in that, you're like, yeah, and you know, here's the ball and here's the bat and, and you can support that and you can encourage that. Um, you're at least somewhat of a car guy, I can tell this, mm -hmm. you have the Lamborghini, right? So for you to see a five-year-old who his dream was to get this car, you're like, I get you, man, uh, mm -hmm. I get it. It's harder when the thing our kid is expressing is something we're like, I don't know what that is, Mm-hmm. I have no personal interest in it. I'm concerned for what this means for you. It's really hard to, you know, fan and add kindling to those sparks. 100%. I love that you said that. It, it's true. Um, I grew up playing baseball, basketball, football, um, always wanted a dirt bike. I love the outdoors, you know, and, and, and look, those, those just aren't things we we've given him, we've introduced him to everything. And right. at the end of the day, you know, the old me was trying to get him to do the things that, that I would have enjoyed doing and that I would enjoy with him and that I, I all grew up dreaming about having a son that would do and that I would support and coach and teach and all those things. And when, when that wasn't coming to fruition, it was like, oh, here's these fears, here they come. And, and I had to look at them and I had to address them and I had to, I had to go through it. But, you know, um, I wouldn't change it for a thing. I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change it at all. I, I'm absolutely um, in love with my son and, and where he's at. And, you know, um, we've had some incredible experiences from that. There is, there is a lot of challenges that come with it, you know, um, 
it may just be a phase. Look, we don't know. He's, he's almost five. You know, it may right. just be a phase. It may not mean all the things I think it means. And it may, but it, but it doesn't really matter. Um, for, for his birthday, he wanted to have an Elsa party. And he was set on having an Elsa party. So my wife dressed up as one of the Elsa in one of the Elsa dresses. I dressed up in one of the oh, Elsa sweet. dresses. He dressed <laughs> up in an Elsa pictures. dress. And then you'll, you'll get the pictures. And then we hired the real Elsa and Anna to come to the party. And, and uh, so we were competing with them. But for Halloween, we went trick-or-treating as Elsa, all of us. And, mm-hmm. and the reactions were mixed. You'd, you'd see, you know, men that were just like, oh, no. And I saw the fears. I knew what they were. I understood it, you know. Yeah. And we saw others that were like, good for you. When the new Frozen 2 came out, we dressed up and we went to the movie theater together. Nice. And I just, I want my son to know that no matter what, I love him. I accept him. And, and we're in this thing together, you know, no matter what it is. And it's, it's asking questions and it's challenging people, which is, which is fun. It's fun to see because there's people coming saying, man, this means a lot to me. This is well, and that's the thing, Jeremy, is that your willingness to step into into your Elsa dress is yeah. a gives permission to other dads mm-hmm. to do the same, mm-hmm. and that is huge to just have that be out there and vocal because there may be the dads that are like, "Oh yeah, I'd really like to do that, but I don't have the courage to to step forward in that way," mm-hmm. and you're changing the this perspective that we've had generationally Mm -hmm. and opening it up to your kid is your kid. And Mm -hmm. if they want to wear dresses, great. They're still your child and you love them. And that's the bottom line. Absolutely. I'm curious about how that conversation went with your wife. You know, when, when you had this kid and he loves these dolls and he loves these dresses and that night when you're like, okay, this has to go. Um, that's the kind of thing that can cause a lot of conflict between spouses and, and parents because you know, you're different people. You're often at different levels in dealing with this. How did that go? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, what's interesting and even, even less fun to, to share about how I showed up in this uh, up to that point is you know, I had been blaming my wife for him having all these dolls. I had started planting in like, this is your fault. You know, like this is, you know, you got in this doll and then you let it get out of hand. Like, look at all of the stuff that we have. I mean, it, it pains me to even say this now that, that I would talk to her that way, but she, she defended it and she's like, no, and everything else. She had a higher perspective from day one. She, she had seen it from a higher perspective. But what happens over time is, as I do that, is she starts to go, well, what if he's right? And that doubt starts to creep in mm-hmm. of like, oh man, is this my fault? And, and this is getting a little bit out of hand. And what if he is going to get made fun of? And I do want to protect my son and, and going to the defense. And I, I had effectively taken her off of the right path and, and got her to join a little bit of mine. And so when I did it, she was like, yeah, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's give this a shot, you know, but, it, but it broke her heart that that's where we were. So um, she was overjoyed when, when I finally saw the light and, and uh, yeah, it was a really, really cool experience. I, I called her that night before I flew home and just said, I just, I just had this experience and I want you to know everything's going to be different now. And, uh, and she was, she was really, really excited and, and, and life's just been incredible. And our relationship with him since then has just been totally different. You know, the thing with parenting is that none of us know what we're doing. 
-hmm. We are making it up as we go along. Every time you think you have something figured out, your kid grows, changes, something else happens. And so it's inevitable. Like we are all going to make missteps. We're all going to do something that may be well-intentioned, just like Adrian, you know, he had a good intention. He was going to go to California and buy himself the car because his mom wouldn't. Good intention. But we do something, we do an action that ends up inadvertently harming our relationship with our child. Mm -hmm. You always can have a do-over. Always. You know, we've talked about that before, Janet, how Mm -hmm. if, you know, you, you screw up how to make it right. Well, and you're showing your child how to do that too. Absolutely. Yeah. So often people are afraid to just act because they don't want to fail. And that's just part of life. That's just, and, and, and if you look at it, it's like working it out. You have to tear that muscle in order for it to grow. And it's mm. the same thing with relationships. It's, it's almost like a, a paradigm shift of realizing like, you've got to go, you've got to fail. You've got to have these struggles in order for it to grow, in order for it to become what it really could become. So don't, don't be down on it, but kind of look forward to it and be excited about what comes out on the other side. I, I wouldn't change this for the world. I'm so grateful that it happened the way that it happened. I'm grateful I didn't see the perspective from day one and that I was able to go through that. And, and hopefully that can help other people see that are living in the same fear and, and recognizing it. We've talked too about how uh, parenting ends up being the best personal growth seminar that you never <laughs> signed up for. Exactly. Like you have to. Yep question yourself and grow Uh, you didn't expect that to happen it's certainly not why you had children but absolutely you are absolutely it's a it's a perfect mirror for us as to because because look it's all about how we're acting and how we're handling everything is is less about the the child that we're parenting it's it's about us the parent and what's coming up inside of us yeah it's just a mirror for us yeah Yeah, the gift of our children that they bring Mm -hmm. to us for sure. And I have uh, two daughters in their 30s. And let me tell you that it doesn't stop. It just keeps going. So (laughs) there's always opportunities for personal growth. and, And it's so cool to see them take their path and decide what they what they want to do and support them fully and completely along the way. So um, but the personal growth never stops. Just saying. Looking forward to it. <laughs> it is the coolest thing in the world. Um, my guys range in age from 14 to 22 now and seeing them find their things and go ahead with their, their things, whatever they are. And they do vary from time to time, right? Mm-hmm. Is it's incredible to watch them become themselves. It's this unfolding process right you 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 have this child and this infant and you look and you know you try and figure out but you don't know this person and it's this whole system of unfolding and then eventually in hindsight you can kind of look back and go oh okay i see I the see three lines yeah. yeah well and jeremy what you've really done for your son in accepting his passions is that he now has the security and the confidence to know that whatever he takes up in life, that you're going to be there and support him because you've proven it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I want most, right? It's back to Adrian. It's, it's this whole concept of like, what do you want? What do you want most? I want him to be safe. Yes. I want him to know that what he did is wrong. Yes. 
but I want him to go after his dreams. I want him to know that I love him. I want him to know that I accept him, that I stand by him, that he can come to me. He doesn't have to go to his friends. He doesn't have to go to his cool uncle, Jeremy, up the street. He can come to me because I'm going to support him no matter what. That's, that's what I want most. And so absolutely, I think, that's, I think that's the lesson in all of this. And, and, and for all of the people that misunderstood that or thought it was rewarding bad behavior or got really upset, they caused it to go viral. And they caused a lot of people to be able to hear about it. This went not national, this went international. Um, I'm, I'm getting sent the, the article in every language. There's, okay. a comic in, there's a comic in Japan that's been made about it. Um, it went everywhere, it went viral. And it was able to show people, and, and it was polarizing at the same time. Um, I'm grateful for that because people were able to see, you know, the ones that were so worried about the negative side of it, it it's showing them, like, where else does that show up for you in your life? Where else are you focusing on that? And how could you make this very simple shift? Um, which I think is a lot more fun anyway, right? Yeah. Right? Have some fun with it. Parenting is hard. We don't lie about that at all here. We put it all on the table. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. But there are some magical moments. And when you see them and recognize them and appreciate them, it's gorgeous. And it's fun. And it's good for you. It's good for your son. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. Thanks for joining us. This is On Boys, and we are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in raising your boys to be capable, confident, and caring men.